Simply surviving 2020 felt like a pretty big goal. So congratulations are in order for making it through a once in a lifetime kind of year. That's me knocking on wood. Now that 2021 is here, it might just be the right time to revisit some of those goals you put on hold over the past several months. Whether personal or professional, big or small, those aspirations are a way to stay motivated and learn a whole lot about yourself in the process. Of course, that process also can seem a little daunting. What exactly is the best approach to setting realistic, attainable goals and to avoid discouragement when inevitable setbacks arise? Here to answer those questions and more is Dr. Michael Sadwa, a clinical professor of operations, logistics, and supply chain management in the G. Brent Ryan College of Business. For more than three decades, he's also served as a certified trainer in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and Brian Tracy's Phoenix Seminar on the Psychology of Achievement. On this episode of UNT Pod, join me, Erin Cristalis, as I talk with Dr. Savwa about the difference between a goal and the dreaded New Year's resolution, the advantages of goal setting, and how to develop SMART goals, among other topics. And if you're worried that whatever goal you have in mind pales in comparison to those you've set in the past, don't worry, he says. The most important goal is always the one you have now. Well, and of course, with January comes New Year's resolutions. Would you say there's a difference between a resolution and a goal? And can you also describe some of the major advantages of goal setting? The Probably the biggest difference, a resolution is, is a lot of cases more of a wish <laughs> than a goal. You know, we, we want to lose weight or we want to, you know, be more financially responsible or something, but we generally don't write them down. Um, and if we do, we don't follow up on them to get, you know, to see how we're doing and how we're progressing in that. A goal is much different. A goal, on the other hand, uh, is something that you write down. So that's the first thing. You have to write down your goals. Uh, and I tell people this all the time. If you're not writing them down, their wishes, they're not goals. So the first thing you have to do is write them down. And then when you write them down, we try to get people to associate them with specific metrics. You don't go in and say, I want to lose weight. You go in and you say, I would like to lose five pounds over the next six weeks. And that becomes a very specific, very measurable goal that you can now progress against and you can measure your performance against that. You can see, am I doing well? Am I, am I falling behind? You know, where am I in all of this stuff? And so the, the big difference between a resolution and the goal is the goals are going to be written down. You're going to have metrics, your measurements that you're going to look at. And then you're going to follow that, right? You're going to check it regularly against the metrics and see how you have progressed. Well, I know you mentioned writing your goal down. Is it important to have it somewhere where you can kind of always see it so that it's front of mind? Is there a, a particular maybe approach that works best when it comes to that? So there are a lot of different approaches that people use. And I've had people that have actually put reminders on their phones so they pop up you know, every day or once a week or something like that. Uh, I've always used, and granted I've done this for a long time, so I was doing it before we had cell phones and stuff, but uh, back in the old days, right, I, I kept a notebook next to my bed. And so every evening I would write down 
you know, my goals and what I wanted to accomplish and where we were. And then I would check them uh, every evening. So I'd see what I wrote the day before. I'd look at what I wrote today and, and just continue to progress and go forward. And that's a, I really like that approach. I usually tell people who are starting goal setting for the first time to put that notebook next to the bed and write down their goals uh, every day for 30 days. Because what happens is you'll write, if you're having a good day and it's been a good day, you might have some goals that are a little more positive. If it's been a bad day, you might have less goals or goals that maybe are a little bit less um, adventurous, let's say. But at the end of 30 days, what you're going to see as you flip back through, and I, and I encourage people you know, to flip back through, see what you wrote before, you know, and then write your goals for the next day. Don't just write them in a vacuum. But it's important that you look at that. And then over the course of about 30 days, you're going to come up with a set of key goals of things that you want to achieve. And that really then becomes, okay, I now know what they are. Now let's put some metrics on them. Let's talk about what we need to do. And then set that as your, as your priority, your plan for the coming year. And then that should be part of your life. It should not be something separate and apart from what you do. So you and I should not be sitting here going, okay, I've worked all morning, now let me look at my goals, right? It should be integrated into what you're doing every day. Well, and, you know, I know 2020 was a year where many people may not have been in the best emotional or financial or physical state to pursue their goals in the ways that perhaps they had hoped at the beginning of 2020. Can you discuss how moving into 2021 people can set those realistic, attainable goals, even during a time when everything is still not back to normal. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, 2020 has been, uh, you know, a year for the record books, right? It's just, <laughs> it has been such a difficult year for a lot of people, such an unanticipated year. And one of the things we tell people when you're setting goals is you never set goals based on the past. You always set goals for where you are now and where you're going to go. Uh, far too many people look over their shoulders. They look at what happened in the past and they judge themselves far too harshly on things that in a lot of cases they had no control over. So, you know, for going into 2021, what we tell people, and, and it doesn't matter that 2020 was the year it was, it doesn't matter what year it was. We tell everyone, when you decide to set goals, that day is the day you start. Nothing in the past matters. And it's what you want to do now. It doesn't matter if you are, and, you know, like I said, we use a, a simple one is weight because most people know that one, right? Um, it doesn't matter if you put on 20 pounds in 2020. It doesn't matter if you, you know, or have the worst diet on the planet. None of that matters. Nothing matters about what you did in the past. All that matters is what you're doing today and going forward. The other thing we encourage people to do as they're looking forward is to do a personal SWOT analysis. Uh, SWAT stands for strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You know, we ask people, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the, in the environment that you're in right now, what are the opportunities and what are the threats? And then we ask them four questions, right? We say, how do your strengths help you achieve the opportunities that you see in front of you? How do your strengths help you overcome the threats that you see, right? Um, how do your weaknesses keep you from achieving the opportunities? And then how do your weaknesses magnify the threats? And that last one, how do the weaknesses magnify the threats? That's fear. 
right? That's what people, that's what people are afraid of. And so we have them do this. And once again, like we talked about before, when I'm working with, you know, people in, in goal setting, what I ask them to do is to do their SWOT analysis every day for 30 days. And what happens once again is when they're having a great day, they have tons of strength and very few weaknesses. When they're having a bad day, they have no strengths and lots of weaknesses right? <laughs> uh, because they're so critical of themselves. But over the course of about 30 days, you end up with a set of strengths and a set of weaknesses and a set of opportunities and a set of threats that are in your environment. And then if you can understand those and understand where those opportunities are and where those threats are and what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, then you can set goals that are highly achievable and stretch you and, and make you achieve those opportunities that are out there. If we write this stuff down and we have a path, then we become much more resilient to threats in the environment. We become much more resilient to weaknesses that maybe get magnified. And we're able to push through those, you know, those environmental issues, right? Like 2020, right? And we're able to push forward through that, recognizing that, yes, it may be something that is difficult at the time, but it's not going to detract us or keep us from achieving the goals that we've set for ourselves. Well, I know you just talked a little bit to, you know, about struggles and, and some of the sort of self-sabotage that can happen um, when we're setting goals. Do you find that people can get into a cycle of maybe comparing themselves to others who have set a similar goal and how far they're going down that path versus focusing solely on themselves and how they're doing? Oh, it's, it's basically what the entire public discourse is about these days, right? We are so hypercritical of ourselves and we, the public discourse, especially social media, is so incredibly unforgiving that we, we tend to hide our weaknesses. We, and we even hide our strengths because we don't want to be criticized. And so I, I tell people all the time, your personal goals are yours. You don't share them with anyone, even the people closest to you. If they're your goal, if your goal is to learn how to play the piano, then that's your goal, right? If you go around and tell your spouse or your significant other or your children or your parents or whatever, hey, I'm gonna learn how to play the piano. And one of them says, you're way too old to learn how to play the piano. That attacks you, right? That is an attack that raises your weaknesses. It raises your concern that you can't achieve this goal. They don't mean it in an ugly way, but most people, especially if it's a goal that you want to achieve, We'll take that and start having doubts about the goal. So we tell people when you're setting personal goals, they are personal. So keep them to yourself, write them in your journals, do those kinds of things, but they're yours. Now, we also tell people that if your goal involves other people, then it's not a personal goal. It may be a family goal. It may be a work goal or a project team goal or something like that. But if it involves other people, then it's not a personal goal. And obviously, you can't manipulate other people without them knowing about it. That's not, that's not goal setting. That's manipulation. So we, we tell people, look, if it involves other people, then you need to share with them what that goal is. You need to have an agreement that we're going to pursue this 
you know, this family goal or whatever it is. Um, and so you do that. But if it's personal, keep it to yourself. Well, you, you've talked a lot already about why it is so important to have a goal and, and what that can help you work towards. But statistically, most people do not set goals. Why are we so averse to goal setting? And what do you find are the key obstacles to setting and achieving those goals? I think first and foremost, effective goal setting requires accountability, personal accountability. And people don't want to be held accountable, right? They want to be able to sit there and go, well, you know, I said I was going to lose weight, but, you know, it's Christmas. So, you know, who loses weight over Christmas time? Well, I have no problem with that at all, right? But that's not a goal, right? That wasn't, you're not doing the things you talked about. That fear of failure is a major, that we talked about, it's a major obstacle to people. They don't want to set that goal and then fall short because then they beat themselves up about it, right? We really harp on it with folks that, look, we understand that you want to be successful and setting goals that are measurable and achievable is key. So we want, but we also want you to be honest with yourself about where you are in your life at this particular time. So once again, that personal SWOT analysis, that opportunities and threats, you know, people will sit there and tell you their strengths and weaknesses all day long. And I'll ask them about, well, what are the opportunities and threats in your environment right now? And they really can't answer. And that's, that's a problem. You know, we need people to understand what are the opportunities and threats in my job? What are the opportunities and threats for me going to school? What are all these different things? And it's not that we're trying to sit here and tell people, oh, if you have more threats and opportunities, you know, run away. That's, that's not it at all, right? We want people to have an honest, you know, unfettered view of where they are, both personally and in the environment in which they live. And so, you know, that's what we're trying to get people to understand. And so that, once again, the, the idea that you're going to be held accountable by yourself, right? You, you are going to hold yourself accountable, but you're going to do it in a fair way. And you're going to do that by having metrics that are legitimate metrics, uh, you know, not, oh, I'm going to lose 60 pounds in four days. And if I didn't, I, you know, then I'm just a horrible human being. That, that's ridiculous, right? But we see things like that from people all the time. And, and they go, well, I set a goal to lose 60 pounds by the end of the year. And I'm like, well, it's December 1st. So I don't think that's going to happen, right? And that's not a realistic goal. So is it, you know, what are your metrics? What's realistic? What do you want to do? And then, like I said, people want to be successful, so what we want in the goal setting is we want to set goals that are achievable, that are measurable. And so people can, can see that success, right? Uh, get that hit of dopamine <laughs> when they sit there and have that success and they can go, I did this, I, I'm good. And then let's build on that. Let's move forward from there as they do that. And if they do that, then we find that people have much greater success with the goals that they have set. When you mentioned, you know, measurable and attainable, and I know a lot of times people speak in terms of SMART goals, which for those who may be unfamiliar is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound, you know, and I think for a lot of people setting those goals can feel kind of intimidating, especially if they're new to goal setting, like how do I create a goal that encompasses, you know, these five aspects and I'm wondering if you could provide an example of either a personal or a professional goal that illustrates the SMART approach to goal setting. Goals will always build 
on goals. So we want people to sit here and go, you don't need to go, you know, just all in at the very beginning in terms of I, it's either it's either I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30 or I'm, you know, I'm a bust. I consider myself a complete abject failure. That, that's we don't want people to get into that mindset. It's like we said before, you know, if I don't lose 60 pounds, OK, if you didn't lose 60 pounds, you consider it a failure. What if you lost 50? Right. You didn't lose 60. You lost 50. And I've had people do that and come to me and go, I failed. And I'm like, really, you failed? They go, yes, my goal was 60 and I only lost 50. And I'm like, but you succeeded with 50 pounds. You only failed with 10. And they don't see it that way. They see it as an all or nothing thing. And so when we talk about SMART goals, right? So uh, specific, I want to lose 60 pounds. How am I measuring? I'm weighing myself you know, every three days, every two days, whatever it is. Um, is it attainable? Is it, you know, if you weigh 120 pounds and you want to lose 60 pounds, that's probably not attainable. Uh, on the other hand, if you say I'm going to lose 60 pounds in two weeks, that's also not attainable. It's not healthy, right? So we want things that are going to be sustainable, right? Um, so, and then is it, you know, is it attainable? Is it relevant, right? Is it relevant to what you're trying to accomplish? Uh, so when people say, well, I'm going to lose, you know, tell me on December 1st, I'm going to lose weight. I'm sitting there going, no, you're not. What you want to do is try to maintain your weight until January, right? Because it's Christmas season and why be miserable through Christmas? Just enjoy, you know, enjoy what's there. Don't overindulge, but indulge and recognize that come January, then we're going to get on, we're going to get on a path and we're going to do the things we need to do in terms of losing weight. Um, and then time bound, what is your time factor? And the, the further out you go into the future, the less realistic that goal becomes. So when you say, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna lose 50 pounds over the next eight years, it's like, okay, but you have no idea what's gonna happen over the next eight years. So let's, let's get a smaller goal that's achievable in a shorter time frame, because the shorter the time frame, the more control we have over what happens. Well, I know you touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, for example, when you were mentioning somebody loses 50 pounds of the 60 they set for themselves and they're still kind of seeing that as, as not technically achieving their goal. For those who may find themselves struggling to meet their full goal, how can they best get back on track or at least give themselves a little bit of grace if they haven't completely met the mark? I, I'm a great example of this, right? I, I'll set goals and then so I'll sit, sit there and go, I'm going to eat better, right? <laughs> so my daughter, my daughter will sit there and go, you eat a horrible diet. You need to eat better. I'm like, okay, fine. And so we'll start eating better. And then I'll go, you know what? I really want a pizza. And I'll go get a pizza. And, you know, and, and she's like, well, you know, you blew it. I went, no, I didn't. I ate a pizza. <laughs> so today was my cheat day. Today was my day off, right? Now, if I cheat seven days a week, that's probably not a good goal. Right. I haven't done what I needed to do. But if you fall off, the thing about goal setting is that it's it's not once again, it's not the ultimate. You talked about the 50 pounds, right? The 50 pounds or 60 pounds. That's the outcome. That's not the goal. Right. I mean, we set it as a goal, but it's really the outcome. The goal is to eat better, to lose weight, to feel better. You know, all of these things that we want 
from the from the goal setting as we go forward. And so everybody has a bad day. Um, what we want is for you not to beat yourself up and focus on the bad day, right? We want you to focus on the good day and treat the bad day as an aberration. Great, I went out and I ate an entire Papa John's large pizza. Great, <laughs> okay? So tomorrow I don't get to do that, right? Tomorrow I gotta eat, I have to eat better, right? I have to do something different. And so that's what we do with people. And so that, as we talked about earlier, the goals of, or the, the, the approach of what's in the past is in the past. You can't change it, right? I can't uneat the pizza I just ate, right? So that's not gonna happen. So that's in the past, let it go. The goal setting is today and going forward. If the goals are measurable and achievable and sustainable, then that's what we wanna do and we wanna to continue to move forward. And, and if, if people start to do those SWOT analysis, as they do the journaling, as they do the writing, they start to see the progress that they're making. And if we can just get people to focus on the positive instead of the negative, then the person who lost those 50 pounds is not going to be moaning and groaning about the 10 they didn't lose. They're going to be celebrating the 50 that they lost. Do you ever find that there's a difference in the success rate between those who are extrinsically motivated and those who are intrinsically motivated? This is, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, it, there are a lot of different studies out there. I, my personal opinion is that if you are internally motivated, that you will achieve the goals. Because at the end of the day, it's all about accountability to yourself. But right? if you are extrinsically motivated and that extrinsic motivation goes away, then you'll stop. And we have seen that over and over again. Um, it's very interesting in some of the, some of the military applications, uh, you know, people that are going through boot camp or people that are, you know, are, we had a, a case where we were looking at uh, people who were trying out to become SEALs, Navy SEALs, which is incredibly difficult. I mean, it's just almost superhuman what they do. Um, but one of the things that came out of that was an understanding that the people who, quote, fail, right, that you and I would look at and go, they did not become a Navy SEAL. It's never looked at as failure. Right? They look at, you know, the, even the, the, the officers and stuff that are involved in this, they see it as this person tried, they achieved a certain amount, um, and they didn't get to the end, and that's okay. And nobody's, you know, there's no... Um, there's no reprimands, there's no repercussions, nothing like that, right? They are striving to become something that's literally almost superhuman. And so why would, why would anybody do that if they knew they were gonna get beat up, right? So it's the internal motivation that we're looking for. We're trying to get people to be self-motivated because if you're, if you're self-motivated, then we go back to what we talked about with the SWOT analysis, right? The opportunities and threats are there. If you're self-motivated, you're going to go after those opportunities. You're going to work through the threats. If you're externally motivated, those threats may, remember that threats and your weaknesses are fear. That fear may overcome any extrinsic motivation and you'll quit. And you feel like people are being unfair to you, that people are treating you poorly and all this kind of stuff. When the reality is that, you know, you just, you didn't, you weren't internally bought into the goal in the first place. Well, once you meet a goal, 
should you immediately set a new one? Is it important to always have a goal in mind or can you say, I'm going to take a break from goal setting for a little bit? <laughs> oh, you can take a break. <laughs> the, the thing is, if you, once you get into this and you start doing it and it becomes a regular habit, you're constantly setting goals, right? Because anything can be a goal, right? If I sit here and go, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. I want to be at my office by 10. Okay, great. Right. That's a goal. And I'm going to do what I can to get there. If I get there at 10, 15, I'm not going to blow the whole day because I didn't get here at 10 o'clock. Um, but if I get here at 10, maybe I have 10 or 15 minutes just to be to myself and do what I want to do. Right. So that risk reward is what we're looking for. Um, and so, no, you don't always have to have a goal. But the, the dirty secret is that almost everybody have, have goals, right? They, every individual has goals. They may not write them all down. They may not do this, but they have them and they're constantly on themselves about achieving the goal. I wanna, I wanna leave your listeners with this. The beauty of goal setting is not about control, right? It's about celebrating the successes during the journey, right? So, you know, People far too often get obsessed with what the end result is going to be. And they lose out on all of the successes that happen between there, right? If we can see the improvement and celebrate the improvement, then we motivate ourselves to be better, right? So ultimately the goal should be to be a better person tomorrow than you are today. That, that's the ultimate goal is to sit there, because people ask me all the time, go, what is your defining goal? And I said, to be better than I was yesterday. That's it. That's all I want to do is just be better than I was yesterday. And, you know, if I was good yesterday, then I'm going to be better today. And ultimately, I want to be best. But I'm not going to be best just because I want to be there. I'm going to get there because I step-by-step progression of becoming better tomorrow than I was today. And that's what, we, that's what we sit with people and talk about all the time, is however you choose to define it. And that definition is completely up to you. But write it down, know what it is, be able to measure it so that you can look in the mirror tomorrow and go, I was a better person than I was today. And if you can do that, you won. Thank you for listening to UNT Pod. To view a slideshow about goal setting presented by Dr. Savwa, please see the link in our show notes. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at UNT Social and on Instagram at UNT. Until next time, be safe. And we wish you a happy, productive 2021.